0: Uh, Good morning, everyone. We're reading from uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 46, and this is uh, otherwise known as the Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, All generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray.
1: Lord, we praise you that just as the Holy Spirit moved in Mary to bring forth this great song of praise from her soul. So our prayer, Lord, is that you would move in us. You would kindle the love of your name and the desire to worship you with all that we are and all that we have because you are great. You are a great God above all gods. Move, we pray, among us by the power of your spirit that Jesus may be glorified, amen. Voices, we've heard a lot of voices over the last week, different kinds of people speaking and proclaiming things that maybe we find difficult to hear, maybe we want to hear and we were glad to hear. Some of these people, Greta Thunberg, whose voice is being heard by many millions of young people, yet the delegates at the conference in Madrid didn't seem to want to hear at all and are still waiting to find a way through. Shirley Ballas, declare head judge on Strictly, wanting to declare the winners of last night's Strictly Come Dancing. Voices that... Uh, enabled people all across the nation to cheer and to shout and to enjoy strictly last night well if you like strictly that is others who are voices that are beginning to fade from the public domain and others like this gentleman whose voice will be heard a lot more over the coming years voices Come and Voices Go. Today we're going to set aside time to listen to Mary's voice, whose voice echoes down the centuries and still resonates with our inner being. My soul, she cried, magnifies, glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. What a fantastic cry out to God. And Mary's voice speaks to us today. I want to spend a few moments thinking about those words and what it was that enabled her to praise God in the way she did. And how we can learn from that and similarly be in a place where our spirit, our soul, that is at the core of us, can be released in worship an adoration lost in wonder lost in love lost in praise forevermore well mary's voice was a young voice theologians say that it was around about she was around about probably around 16 years old a teenager brought up in a jewish home in the rural village about 70 miles north of jerusalem Can we imagine what sort of girl this was that the angel Gabriel came to with such a startling message? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Why Mary, though? Why this teenager? What did God see in her that made him prepared to take the greatest risk possible? Why did he entrust the hope of the world into this girl's hands? Well, who knows? God knows. That maybe God had seen in this young woman the sort of vibrancy, the sort of devotion, the sort of passion, the sort of energy, the sort of risk-taking, the sort of God-can-do-anything faith that we see in some of our young people. Today, Diane was talking about. Our young people can so often be the inspiration for us oldies as the release of faith and of love and of desire to worship is made known. But I think above all, we recognize that Mary's heart was open. Mary's heart was A heart, I think, that came before God with a sense of whatever you want, Lord. She has that humility as spoken of in those words that he had recognized, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, she says. And God had seen that. God had recognized that in humility, A person who has that humility and that openness is ready to receive. And Mary was ready to become pregnant with the very life of God himself. And so when the angel of the Lord terrified her with the invitation to be part of his plan for the healing of the world, she responded with faith, concluding her song, nothing shall be impossible for god how can this be well god will do something impossible and the humility again of saying well in the light of all this i haven't got a clue what's going on i will just say a huge yes abandoned herself to god's purposes yes god's will be done the very words that Jesus himself probably who learnt from the knee of his mother would be able to make sure that he himself responded when it came to the great cry of yes let it be And I'm challenged by that I'm deeply challenged by that because there was a time when I was 16 and I was absolutely on fire for God. I was totally believing that God could do anything. I was full of hope that the future was exciting and that I was passionate to serve and hungry to read God's word and to pray and to praise. In my best moments, after all these years in ordained ministry over 35 years, the church hasn't ground it out of me. (laughs) I thank God that he is still, God is still able to light that fire within. But I know that I need to be in a place of humility I need to be in a place of openness. I need to be in a place where I can respond to God with a fresh faith and with a faith that says, yes, God can do anything. Maybe that that fire isn't there for some of you at at this time. Well, I would just want to say, if that is the case, then just pray. Pray, God, light the fire in me again. God, have mercy. I want to be open. I want to be ready. I want to be able to live in a way that speaks and sings your praise. We can learn from Mary because as she had that experience which blew her mind and couldn't quite comprehend what was going on, what did she do? Well, she went to meet with her relative Elizabeth, who was much older than her, and she went to share with her the experience that she had and just see what Elizabeth and Zechariah were able to shed, what light they could shed on what had happened to her. In other words, they came together, And that's one of the great things that can encourage our faith when we're feeling a bit low, isn't it? We come together to worship. I remember two or three times in the last year or so, people have said to me, I really, really loved that service, Joe. So the thing was, though, that I wasn't feeling in the mood at all to worship when I came in. I'd had the most terrible morning. And the last thing I felt like doing was coming to church. But I came, and I'm so glad that I did. Because what happens is a bit like with a fire, isn't it? When we have a place, when we're in a place where quite quickly, if we're on our own, the fire will go out. When we put that coal, as it were, together with others who are seeking to worship God, then that heat of that fire can warm, up, warm us up as well. There's a huge value in meeting with others to worship and to pray and to hear God's word and to hear the stories of how God is at work in other people's lives. And so we read that Mary hurried off to see Elizabeth and Zechariah, who lived in the hills just a few miles away. Was it true that she also was pregnant? as the angel had said, even though she was very old. And this meeting of two women resulted in great joy being shared, the joy of being unexpectedly expectant. Elizabeth spoke a blessing over Mary, and with her heart pounding, her head lifting up out of a deep place of confusion, came these words of prophetic praise. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. God is the one who has done these great things. And she goes on to anticipate the very things that God in his son Jesus would stand for and would bring about. He would be the one who would challenge the proud to look for the path of humility. Jesus would be the one who would lift up the humble and the poor and honor them above those who seek status and put their trust in their wealth. Jesus would be the one to show mercy to those who consider themselves to be lost and banished from God's sight, to show mercy to those people, to wait for them to come to a place where they too could enter into the reality of God's love for them. He would be the one to restore relationships right across the generations, fulfilling the hopes of people who have lost hope Mary proclaims that this is what God does, and this is who God is. And out of the very core of her being, her soul, Mary magnifies the Lord. So let me ask one question that might inspire us in our response to God. Why was Mary so full of praise? Why? What was it that enabled her to be in that place of just letting that praise go to God? Well, let me suggest two reasons. Firstly, it was the result of God's initiative. The Lord, the mighty one, has done great things for me. And I want to say that God is the one who initiates praise in his people. Yes, we play our part, (coughs) excuse me, but it's God's spirit that can well up within us and that can move us into a place of just sort of singing the songs to worshiping God through the songs or the hymns. And there is a world of difference between the two. As a result of the initiative of God, the Holy Spirit came upon her. It was the Spirit that gave her words, it was the Spirit that brought to mind the scriptures that she'd heard her mother read as a girl, or she'd heard the rabbis read Saturday by Saturday in the synagogues. It was the Holy Spirit that brought to mind the stories of God's deliverance, his favor, his mercy, his love, his faithfulness, his holiness, his passion, for justice, all the things that fed this song of praise. And it was the same Holy Spirit that came upon the disciples on the the day of Pentecost, wasn't it? Enabling them to speak in other languages. But what were they speaking of? They were speaking of the mighty works of God. From their understanding of the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit ignited that in a way they couldn't have otherwise imagined possible. And I really believe that if we are open to God and seeking Him, the Holy Spirit will come upon us at any time. Let me share briefly an experience that I had not long after I had opened my heart to Christ and I'd said to the Lord that big yes that I spoke about at the Christingle service a little while ago. It took place whilst I was praying with lots of others in a church in Rill in North Wales. And I was praying for Wales, the nation of Wales, not the rugby team (laughs) at that time. But uh, just that longing, I've always had such a heart for Wales and for the people of that nation. And I was praying in this small group with lots of noise around and my passion was beginning to run out. My capacity to use words in English as I was praying then began to run out. And I just found myself praying in a way that I had never prayed before. Making lots of sounds that I hadn't ever made before. It was really weird and the following week I went back to my home group leader who uh, I explained to. My jaw was aching and I I couldn't quite work out what had happened. I told him about it and he said, I think Joe, you were speaking in tongues. And I said, "What's, what's speaking in Tongues. And he just said, Well, it's it's when sort of your heart connects with your voice and God's spirit just moves you into speaking a sort of a language, like a love language to God, using sounds that you wouldn't otherwise do. Do you feel very liberated in your praying? Yes, I said, It was amazing. It just like flowed. Didn't have to think about the words, but I knew what I was praying for. I wasn't taken over, but it was just a wonderful experience of another way of praying. And so from then on, I've been able to use that gift that God gave me, which he gives to some as appropriate, but I know that God has enabled me to pray in that way because he took the initiative and he saw a soul that was hungry for him and hungry to pray for something that was a passion upon my heart. So I want to say in that first section about God taking the initiative that we do well to be open to God, to be open to the Holy Spirit, and to be focused in what God wants to do, and you never know what he'll do. In our own worship, it may be that we too can find a place where we can come together to worship God. And, but before the service, I know it's difficult for some people in practical ways, but even just walking up the road, if you've got a buggy and you're coming along, if you're able to say, Lord, would you just prepare me for today? I want to be open to everything that you have for me. And I want to be able to participate in worship today. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with passion for Jesus and then finally we recognize that Mary had been nurtured on God's word and that's why in the song that she sang she was able to use phrases and ideas and images that she drew from the Old Testament scriptures as a child and as a young person that nurture had happened within her home within the synagogue, within her own capacity to come before God and pray. That's why in our church, our children's work, our youth work, our school's work, and our work at home is so crucial to give us that place of nurturing that which is of God, the scriptures that are his gift to us. And to be those who sing God's songs from our souls, we do well to be immersed in the scriptures. The stories of God's faithfulness, the way Jesus loved the unlovely and the unworthy, the way he humbled himself and surrendered everything to God on the cross for us. His mighty resurrection and glorious ascension as we say in the creed and the extraordinary promises of God's coming again in glory. All these things will fuel our worship as we ourselves make that a holy habit of coming before God's word and receiving it, letting it feed us and fire us for worship. So when the Holy Spirit then comes, upon that fuel, there is just that igniting... And things explode, and become deep, become powerful, become unforgettable. And when the whole church starts to move in that way, revival will break out. As it did in Wales in 1905. May God teach us what it means to be a people who worship as Mary did. May Mary's voice inspire us once again through this Advent season so that we might sing, my soul, all that is deep within me, magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Amen.